welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today is our part two recap of Mansfield Park from yes. 2007. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite scene from this movie, Christian? Okay, so I had two contenders, but I think my favorite was um, the scene when, um, is it Mary? Uh-huh. And Edmund get back from horseback riding. And <laughs> they're like, sorry, we're late. And Mary's like, that whole line about uh-huh. um, how selfishness um, should be, be forgiven. Yes, forgiven because uh, there's no cure for it. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think it adds like a, it's like a little moment of comedy in this. Yeah. Um, and it kind of like, I don't It know. really shows like the relationship for all three of them. Yeah. You know? Like, I feel like they should be at this point, like we don't get to that point, but they should be all like three like three amigos like three friends (laughs) yeah and um i don't know i feel like it kind of speaks to like an unspoken bond between fanny and mary Mm -hmm. in a way like yeah like oh like you know how i am mary takes it for granted (laughs) definitely but it also i think it adds some sort of like a little bit of humanity to mary like it like even though it's kind of like a you know shitty line like (laughs) you just are like oh mary come on yeah you're so crazy yeah definitely i just like it (laughs) Maybe laugh. I'd say my favorite scene is maybe like the, no, not the last scene, but the um, scene where they've, you know, they've started to fall in love with each other. Uh-huh. They got that really cute hair washing scene, which I think is adorable. But then after that, um, when Fanny is starting to realize that Edmund is falling for her and uh-huh. they're just like smiling at each other over their teacups and Lady Bertram sends them out to pick lavender yes. and they just can't contain themselves and they kiss and that's when they really fall in love and I love Lady Bertram and um, Sir Thomas uh, standing at the window and just mm-hmm. you know I and they look happy I, so I think it's such a sweet scene it is and I like the whole thing about how um, Sir Thomas is like, well, aren't you coming into town with me? And Lady Bertram was like, uh, hold on, hold on, just <laughs> no, trust no, me. Not, not today, Mr. <laughs> Thomas. I don't think it was today. <laughs> yeah. So sweet. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the second half of notes. There's really not that much. Um, <laughs> I'm afraid the second half of this is going to be way shorter. Um, so young Fanny was played by Julia Joyce, and okay. she had already played a young Billy Piper in Doctor Who. Really? In an episode called Father's Day. Um, but as well as the two of them, also Gemma Rudgrave and Michelle Ryan have also appeared in episodes of Doctor Who. Huh. I was actually just watching a, like a recap of the Eleventh Doctor's best moments the other day, uh-huh. and uh, Jimmy Redgrave showed up in that. Huh? Yeah, Michelle Ryan was like in one of there was like a David Tennant episode slash uh-huh. movie or whatever. She was like the co um, companion, and that one kind of interesting. Anyway. Maybe it's like Doctor Who. It's kind of one of those things where it's like yeah. Every actor is going to be in this, Yeah, between basically. Doctor Who and Jane Austen adaptations, I feel like every British actor has been a <laughs> character. one of them. <laughs> um, oh, also, I think I might have mentioned this already, but Haley Atwell and James Darcy played opposite each other in the show Agent Carter. Oh. And I swear to God, I just... With him with that long hair, he looks nothing like he does as Jarvis. <laughs> yeah, I would say I did not recognize him. Yeah. Okay, so 
I found this article by Ellen Moody. It's called Mansfield Park at the Movies, and it's from the British Society for 18th Century Studies website. And she points out that in this adaptation, we skip the scene in which the heroine is put through a regulation humiliation. <laughs> it's a scene which seems to appear in most female-centric drama, especially costume drama, um, where these types of scenes would normally appear in this movie. Um, the author turns it on her turns it on its head and uses it. Sorry, turns it on its head and uses it as an opportunity for the other characters to have self-education and repentance of their own. For example, Sir Thomas indicts himself for being unable to bring home Mariah, which leads to him changing, and mm -hmm. Edmund asking Fanny to forgive him for being so blind um, is another example. Also, the relationship between Edmund and Fanny is never presented as incest, you know, because right. Lady Bertram seems to be all-knowing about it. Right. So no one's ever, like, shocked. But they've been raised as brother and sister. Um, so um, I just thought I'd point that out because in the sea of negative reviews that I found, I appreciated her perspective. You know, this adaptation does a lot of crazy <laughs> stuff, but it actually right. um, doesn't ever feel the need to humiliate its female characters or have that moment, you know, instead yeah. the characters who would normally be doing that are having their own self reflections. Right. They're changing themselves. Yeah. So I thought I'd point that out. Um, there, there is no, um, critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> but the audience score is 53%. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Put in Mansfield park, 2007. That's all you'll find are bad reviews. That's, but I, th I thought I'd um, say that some of the other adaptations that are out there, there was um, a 1983 miniseries, which uh -huh. I think may be my favorite Jane Austen adaptation of anything ever. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we've already established my tastes are not the norm. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a 1999 movie, which is also one of my favorites. I love that movie. Um there were two radio adaptations in 97 and uh, 2003. Okay. In 2011, there was an opera. I would Whoa. love to see that. <laughs> um, 2012, another stage adaptation or a stage adaptation. Um, 2014, there was a web series from Mansfield with Love. I think they did all of the books in these web series. Interesting. Okay. This, I think, is a book. At first, I thought it was a movie, and I was like, why have I never heard of this? But I think it might be a book. I'm not sure. It's called Mount Hope, an Amish retelling of Jane Austen's Mansfield Park. An Amish retelling. An Amish. There, but I did huh. find, like, an Amish something movie. Like, an Amish Jane Austen something. Interesting. Amish Pride and Prejudice, maybe? Um, yeah. Someday we'll get to... If I can find them. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and then... There is a YA retelling, Seeking Mansfield, and one that we're definitely going to do someday. I got, I just got the Criterion Collection version of this movie. Uh -huh. I haven't ever seen it, but because um, I didn't know it existed until I started researching for this podcast. In 1990, there's a movie called Metropolitan by Whit Stillman, which is a loose adaptation. And it's set in New York with like um, aristocratic people. But huh. Whit Stillman did um, Love and Friendship, which is based off of lady uh, susan i do love that movie a lot yeah we're gonna I love it. yeah i always forget that you've seen that one too um i do love it yeah we're definitely gonna do that one cannot wait 
So I can't wait to do um, Metropolitan, but that's all the notes that I can find for this movie. <laughs> and I'm a little bit afraid that some of the notes that I found for this movie might be um, the same as the ones I'll find for Persuasion. <laughs> what? We'll see. I haven't even started Persuasion, so. Now for the second half of the recap. All right, for the second half. It's after the party, um, and it's time for a little stargazing. <laughs> Fanny's sitting outside, and Edmund comes up, and he's in a bad mood. But Fanny makes him look at the sky, and Edmund compliments her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she gazes at Edmund. I, I mean, I didn't even write down what they were talking about in this scene, but um, it's more about, you know, their fingers touch. Yeah, the little connection. Oh, he's, he's about to go get ordained, so this is like their last <sighs> little moment together um mariah has written (laughs) she just wanted to update everyone that she gave her first party in london Uh, apparently mr rushworth was in bath at the time so obviously there's something going on i mean they just so skate over it (laughs) you barely notice (laughs) it but just want to point that out wasn't Um, bath also mentioned in emma um yeah bath is a very popular in her zeitgeist like it's in a lot of her books oh, so it was yeah. like almost like a popular like rich person yeah. relaxation yeah, era, yeah when we get like to northanger a... abbey like most of it takes place in bath and um oh. it's like um it's kind of like a spa town okay you know they had like healing waters and people would go um, and all get in these gotcha, 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 gross gotcha. bath things yuck um <laughs> I would love to go there someday. <laughs> love it. Just check it out. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to um, Hot Springs, Arkansas. No. But it's kind of like a national park town, but it used to be, uh, like, I guess in, like, the 20s maybe, when it was, like, before the Depression, when everything was crazy and there was um, vacation lands being built everywhere. Right. Because um, they have hot springs there, so there's, like, all these, like, bath bathhouses but they're all still kind of operational and you can yeah. go do it it's cool i feel like i just listened to a podcast not too long ago about um an area like that i can't remember where it's somewhere up north but they have like quote-unquote healing hot springs or whatever uh-huh. and a i don't know maybe there used to be like vacation area but this uh like woman who was going to run like a not a hospital but like a rehabilitation place uh-huh um, in like the twenties, thirty-ish era, she bought and like renovated it and like opened it up, and then you know some sinister things happened oh, up there. Of course, always. <laughs> it was yeah, a lot of uh, taking advantage of people's money and old people murdering. Yeah, I don't think um, Hot Springs, Arkansas. It was in I Arkansas. Didn't, I didn't hear any stories like that from that because I think it was just like the whole town was in the hot spring business. Yeah, it's somewhere but, up north because I know it's like considered one of the most haunted places in America or something. I think I've heard of that place. Yeah, yeah. but it was something similar to that. It was interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, so sh- Mr. Rushworth is in Beth. Um, I think he's visiting his mom or something. Um, and then Fanny gets to something that's illegible or perhaps... Um, or just maybe it's something scandalous because Fanny's like, I can't quite make this out. Miss N- Mrs. Norris takes the letter. Snatches the We letter. don't even come back to that ever. Nope. Um, <laughs> Lady Bertram, though, is just she's just glad Fanny's there because what if, what would she be doing right now if right. she didn't have Fanny? She'd have to sit with Aunt Norris all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she's thankful for Fanny and her pug. Yeah. So Sir Thomas calls for Fanny and um, like kind of silently ushers her into his office and then uh-huh. shuts the door on her to give her and henry some privacy 
because Henry's got some news to tell her. He's gotten William his commission. <laughs> yeah. Ben <laughs> uh, <laughs> is very happy and astonished. Um, I don't, but Henry's got more to say. Right. I mean, he's actually a really good at proposing. <laughs> Out of Surprise. all the proposals we've heard so far, his Shocking. is the best. But um, unfortunately, <laughs> Fanny does not trust him or believe him. <laughs> <laughs> As she should. And she leaves. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, absolutely not. Goodbye. Yeah. So she's like pacing and she's worried um, when Sir Thomas comes into her room. And he's angry mm-hmm. at her refusal. He's like, you don't know your own feelings. He thinks she's selfish um ungrateful blah, 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 yeah blah. he starts yelling at her and accuses her of ingratitude <sighs> so mean and she starts to cry and says i could never make him happy and i would be miserable myself and sir thomas starts to relent a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like oh, it's a f- okay fine i'll just henry can try to convince you you know i'm not gonna try to do it i get it you're a scared little girl um <laughs> so condescending, condescending. And mean. um so this is the um, start of Henry trying to woo Fanny. He reads poetry aloud to everyone. Um, he says it's not a favorite, but he likes an audience. <laughs> and Mary and Fanny laugh. And um, Mary's like, uh, Harry's like, why are you laughing? And Mary's like, I don't think you've told Fanny anything she doesn't already know. <laughs> <laughs> um so he gets to talk to her. He says he's not constant in his studies. And she says it's a pity that he doesn't always know himself as well as he does in that moment. <laughs> yeah, you're not always constant, buddy. Um, he says he's not going to forget her, though, as soon as he goes back to London. Don't think I'm going to forget you as soon as I go back to London. She's like, please do. And she does not look like she believes him at all. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so they're both leaving. The Crawfords are leaving. Mary's also leaving. She talks to fanny before she leaves and she tries to get her to smooth things over with edmund for her right and she's like uh no (laughs) (laughs) so that's the one good thing that mary is good at i mean not mary um fanny is good at is being like no clean your own mess i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna say what you want me to say (laughs) right um um, 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 um. so edmund comes back (laughs) uh fanny is happy to see him she congratulates him on being ordained he says he ran into Mary on the way in <laughs> and his heart started to melt towards her again. Okay. And you can tell it's just killing Fanny inside. Yeah. <sighs> just look like, oh, Fanny, I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> now he's off to follow um, Mary to London. And he's he's like happy for him, for her, for Henry proposing to her. Right. But um, he's he's not going to push her. He accepts her um, desires on the her subject. Opinion. Yeah. So, but Sir Thomas does not, (laughs) he does not understand Fanny's reluctance and he suggests leaving her home alone for three weeks so she can reflect. (laughs) And this, and Lady Bertram says, I'll give Fanny a puppy when she gets married. I didn't even give Mariah a puppy. I'll give Fanny a puppy. (laughs) (laughs) Might be worth getting married for a puppy. Yeah. um, Now in the book, this is a huge, huge chunk of the book. Uh-huh. Fanny gets sent back home to Portsmouth to live with her poor family. Ugh. Um, but they don't do that here. 
Instead, she just stays in a lap of luxury for three weeks alone. And I was like, I don't think I would have ever been happier. I'd be like, can you please punish me all the time? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, not have someone yelling at you every five seconds. No, And be in a mansion. Yeah. Um, But actually, poor little Fanny doesn't seem so happy about it. I said, if I were Fanny, I'd be so happy. But seriously, um, with no one telling me what to do all day, but she's forlorn because all really all she can do is think about Edmund and how he's with Mary right now and how, you know, she rejected Henry. Right. Um, she eats alone. She walks around the garden. She tries to write Edmund a letter about her feelings several, several times and fails. Um, and then one day as she's sitting alone. Henry comes to visit. Hmm. Now this, <laughs> I know we're making allowances for this book, for this adaptation, but uh-huh. Henry going to visit her alone at home. I just don't think that that would be acceptable no. in the least. <laughs> Seems really uh, hmm. but, suspect. You know, we're, we don't care about that. Nope. So um, she's surprised, but she doesn't seem upset. She's just like, oh, someone to talk to. Okay, whatever. <laughs> She seems like she may be thawing a little towards him a bit. Um, Henry's like, she's like, tell me what's happening. And he's like, nothing's happening. Nothing big, like war or whatever. <laughs> she's like, I don't care about that. <laughs> I want to know what's happening with Mary and Edmund. Edmund. <laughs> and so that's basically what he pointedly points out to her, saying that Edmund and Mary have been hanging out a lot. And he says that Mansfield has spoiled him for everywhere else. <laughs> Eye roll. Yeah. He says... Um, look how faithful I'm being. <laughs> I came to visit you. <laughs> Just <laughs> tell me you're going to like me someday. He says he wants her to guide him. And she says she can't. I can't guide you. We all have our best guides within us. If only we would listen. <laughs> and maybe she's not listening to her own guide because she almost kisses him. <laughs> almost. But she turns away at the last second. Um. So, yeah, that was... Even though it's nothing like the book, mm-hmm. I still kind of like that scene. Yeah. I think it's cute. I think to see um, Fanny start to thaw towards Henry and see Henry seem like he really does like her. Yeah. Too bad. It doesn't last. No, because, you know. No. He's a little bit garbagey. Yeah, the second he goes back again, it's like, whatever. Um, but we haven't gone there yet. He leaves. Supposedly still faithful to her. Mm-hmm. Sure. Suddenly, there's a nighttime emergency. A carriage arrives (laughs) with a very ill Tom. (laughs) Love those carriage noises. (laughs) Son of horses. (laughs) Lady Bertram is upset. Thank God she has Fanny. Thank you. Thank God for Fanny. Aunt Norris um, only cares if she's going to catch this illness herself. Of course. And Fanny is very comforting. Um, but she gets summoned to Sir Thomas because I guess, I feel like Sir Thomas at this point is like, I think Fanny's the only judgment I can trust anymore. Basically. <laughs> he is leaving in the midst of all this insanity. Um, he's in his study. He's distraught over this letter he received. He says he's now relying on Fanny to take care of things. Um, he may be disappointed elsewhere, but in Fanny, he is blessed. She's really turned the whole family around. In her absence, they were like pulling out their hair and <laughs> everything went down. All the shit hit the fan. They're like, Fanny was the only thing holding this family together. 
Tom starts to die, and, and she, they're like, oh my god. I know. So, um, uh, Tom is upstairs getting the leech treatment. Ugh. They always have to throw in some, like, some leeches. 18th, 19th century medicine. We must drain us. the blood in 20 different ways. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's no specified leech treatment in the books, or bleeding, Yuck. or anything like that, but, um. The worst. You know, we like a little sensationalism. Seriously, don't have to I guess squirming. if I had to choose between leeches and having blood taken, <sighs> like in uh, Sense and Sensibility, I'd go for leeches. I'd go for death. Leeches can be actually beneficial, but not for a fever. Like if you have no. bruising or swelling or something. Yeah. But but either way, they're nasty little wormy things. And I know. Ooh. Don't want them biting me. <laughs> I remember going into ponds as a kid and <sighs> suddenly Stop. being afraid of getting a leech and being like, I can't be in here anymore. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Leeches are gross. Yeah. Um, so Fanny asked Edmund about Mary. He said he saw a lot of her, but never alone. She talked a great deal, but never once said anything kind. <laughs> Which I can see that in Fanny. Like, Mary seems like the type who changes her personality, you know. Depending on her. or Who um, she's around. Yeah. So she, when she's around all the fashionable clicky girls in London, she's, she's one of the fashionable. She's a mean girls. girl. Yeah. Yeah, and I can, yeah, I was saying, I can see her, especially being at home, just being more comfortable and being her terrible self. Yeah. <laughs> the terrible side. She's not trying to impress the clergyman. No. She's trying to convince him that he's missing out on something at yeah, this point. Yeah, look at what all the fun we're rich people having. <laughs> yeah, think what you could have had if you hadn't been a clergyman. Um, um, yeah, so Fanny leaves the room like, I'm sorry for you, but I'm over it. Yep. <laughs> I don't want to hear your stupid mirror talk anymore. <laughs> Yep, I've been there too. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> Fanny reads the paper to Tom. Um, he's starting to improve. Edmund says that Fanny is too qu- too kind to quarrel, and she says that he should not rely upon it. <laughs> I think that we- those three weeks alone really gave Fanny a backbone. I, was about <laughs> I mean, she's always had a backbone, but like... More so like, I'm going to speak up. Yeah. So Edmund is starting to reevaluate what he's thinking of Fanny. And Tom says, Fanny's the best girl alive. <laughs> I thought, it's like, towards the end, I really started to feel for Tom. Um, <laughs> I started to feel bad for Fanny because for her whole life, everyone's been so pretty much shitty to her yeah. except for Edmund. And then at the end, everyone's like, well, now we like you, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, okay. Yeah, it rains, of course. <laughs> Seriously. Except for Mrs. Norris because she's terrible. Yeah, but, but she gets her comeuppance anyway. Uh, of course. Um Sir Bertram uh, again returns, <laughs> as does Mary. So, um, you know, I think Mary clearly knew what was going down and she came to like step in before everyone else found out. Yep. Um, so, but she's super thoughtless and selfish and she starts talking to Fanny and saying, kind of wishing Tom's death so that uh-huh. Edmund can be the heir. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that I think is like the worst thing that Mary says. Oh yeah, in the book and in any adaptation, still got that like societal. Yeah, it's like filter on. If he dies, I mean, I'm not bribing any physicians or anything, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't Edmund listening in that he scene too? Heard, he and did I, walk in at the end. I think he heard yeah, some of it. I was like, like uh, that's like putting both your feet in your mouth. Yeah, she's real good at that. <laughs> Girl. Um. So Sir Thomas summons everyone. He tells them the truth about Mariah. Mm-hmm. She's left Rushworth and run away with Henry Crawford. Oh, Ugh. my God. Scandal, scandal. 
in uh, contempt of her family's honor. Um, Sir Thomas realizes that he has raised his children wrong. <laughs> he never really even knew them, and now it's too late. Well. But, you know, that's a good realization. Yeah. I feel like he's he realizes it's not even that he wrote, raised them wrong. It's just he never Spent bothered to them. get to know them. So right. He never knew what was really going on in their heads. It's, um, it's so interesting that, like, we're seeing the Crawfords as, like, spoiled rich kids who have, like, no, like, nice filters on. Like, if that makes sense. Like, just, Well, they're just kind of, like, out for themselves, you know? Yeah, very selfish and, like, don't really care about hurting other people. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, this weird thing where it's, and like... assume no one else cares either. <laughs> exactly. And then it's, it's, like, at this point you're realizing, like, oh, well, the... Um, the Bertrams are also oh, yeah. rich, spoiled kids. Yeah. Even like Edmund in his own way. Yeah. He's just but not they, shitty about yeah. it. And Sir Thomas is like trying to become like this paragon of goodness. Like, right. I, I'm going to raise you kids right. You're going to do right. But like, he's got slaves. And yeah, he's a terrible know, person. And he has to have his own realization about how, how he really treats people. Exactly. That's why I love this. I love this book. Okay. <sighs> just a little uh, too late. <laughs> a little too late. Um, so, yeah, Sir Thomas summons everyone. He tells them the truth. Okay, I already said that. Um, oh, so then, yeah, Mrs. Bertram, Lady Bertram is upset about it, but mm-hmm. we um, go to Mary trying to reason with Edmund. She says that Mariah had had her pennies worth, and if Fanny had just gotten together with Henry, then none of this would have happened. Right. Such a, ugh, so a bad, rude. <laughs> bad viewpoint to have. Yeah um and then she's like if your brother dies we could just smooth it all over you know we could get married and smooth it over and edmund is just appalled by her dismissiveness of the whole situation right um he says the woman i've dwelt on all these months has been a figment of my imagination and i'd rather have lost you a thousand times than to see you for what you really are (laughs) she's hurt clearly but flippant before she's dismissed (laughs) basically you know i mean I don't know. It's it's tough. I feel like it's been coming on, though. Because before this scene, Edmund was talking to Fanny and saying, you know, in town, she wasn't really what I imagined her to be. And then she just proves it. So it's not like he just out of the blue was like, oh, where did this come from? You know, he's right. been seeing this in her all along. He But he just can't take it anymore. And, you know, she's never really been like, I'm going to be with you until now, suddenly. Right. Before, it's always been... <laughs> We're never getting together. <laughs> we can like each other all you want, but I'm not marrying you. <laughs> I'm not a clergyman. Yeah. So, um, you know, Edmund's hurt. Fanny tries to comfort him, even though inside she must be like just bursting Yay! with happiness. <laughs> um, Mrs. Norris also tries to blame Fanny. You can really tell who's the bad people when they start to blame Fanny at the end. Um, yep. She's concerned for Mariah. Because she just seems so unhappy. Oh, she's living all alone on her father's dime. <laughs> Again, Mariah, you ended up in a pretty good place, all things considered. Seriously. Um, but Sir Thomas is like, no, she's not coming back. And But he does say he will support her financially. Um, and then he invites Mrs. Norris to join Mariah. And she does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was like, okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah. good riddance. <laughs> I feel like he gave her a choice, although I feel like in the book, he kind of doesn't really give her that much of a choice. Kind of sense, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So Edmund is totally starting to fall for Fanny. Finally. Finally. There's lots of cuteness, which Lady Bertram is observing. Um, he talks to Fanny while she washes her hair, which I've never seen in any scene of someone washing their hair in, an ad- in a Jane Austen adaptation. So that was a nice original moment. <laughs> so funny because he walked in and he was like, oh my gosh. Oh my God. And she's like, it's fine. I'm it's just, just wet hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just washing my hair. I'm fully clothed. Besides, don't you want to see me sexually wash my hair? <laughs> um, he's so distracted by her that he can't remember how to talk straight. <laughs> and um, she knows she's. This is where she knows. Um, oh, this is this is the one I wrote down as my best scene. <laughs> but it kind of leads into the next one anyway. But um, she knows that he sees her finally, and uh. she just starts busting with happiness and that's i just think that's so cute when she's like like it's about time (laughs) he sees me finally (laughs) the next morning at breakfast they can't stop staring at each other and smiling at each other and lady bertram sends them out in the garden to cut lavender (laughs) because she knows and uh she keeps sir thomas from ruining the moment um edmund runs out to meet her and they can barely contain themselves and just start smooching and he loves her and he was blind. Please forgive him. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. And she's like, of course I'm going to forgive you. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in love with you. Um, Lady Bertram is pleased and she makes sure that Sir Thomas is pleased too. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, see, see what I had happen. Yeah. And he, um, she says, how is it the poet describes a wife? And he says, heaven's last best gift. And they have a picnic-style wedding, just like her birthday. And they've learned a new dance. The scandalous dance. (laughs) And (laughs) they decide to make it their business to live happily ever after. Uh, The end. Oh, my God. The second half was so much shorter than the first half. (laughs) That's okay. The notes department. I mean, the recap department. That's okay. (sighs) Okay. So, I guess, final thoughts. Um... You know, the second half, I think, was much more enjoyable than the first half. The first half felt really rushed. Yeah. Um, overall, that was okay. It was a little boring at some parts, but um, that was okay. It wasn't terrible. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cute. I think it's, I mean, like I said, it's the annotated Mansfield right. Park. <laughs> mm-hmm. So much stuff is taken out and tried to be you know mentioned with a line here there where if i say if you're gonna take it out just take it out don't mention it don't even bother just focus on what you want to focus on right and it will make it um, a better movie than trying to take everything out and yet cram it all in at the same time right because then i want to see those scenes yeah because when when it takes a breath it actually you know it sticks the landing yeah it's much better (laughs) so um yeah i mean it's pretty um universally disliked from what i can tell Uh um or at least not thought too highly of but yeah. like i said sometimes you gotta get your mansfield fart <laughs> <laughs> oh your mansfield park fix <laughs> jesus oh my goodness what is happening I over hope there you guys enjoy my inability to speak <laughs> okay so let's do the deep dive. Did I say my final thoughts? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Man's farts. Man's farts could be old. <laughs> We're silly. 
We're only like half an hour. Oh, really? Yeah, it's going to be a short one. It's okay. I guess we don't have a Mansfield Park quiz we have to do at the end, but... I could buy one if you want. Uh, well, let's just... Let's get through this and see how long it takes. Okay. Because there's a lot about this scandal. Okay, so for the deep dive, I started off doing Mariah Bertram. Uh-huh. Um, she's the third child, oldest daughter. She's 21. I couldn't find Mary Crawford's age. <laughs> I have all sorts of all over the place today. <laughs> <laughs> so Fanny comes to live with them, the Bertrams, when Mariah is 13 years old. Uh-huh. Um, the Her father, Mariah's father, Sir Thomas, he was stern, distant. Her mother, indolent but kind. And she's Aunt Norris's favorite, so she's spoiled by her. She thinks of Fanny as an occasionally acceptable companion. <laughs> to whom she should give a generous present of some of her least valued toys showing how she thinks she's being generous when she's really just being selfish right you know um she's a good actress uh she's forced to play it like put on an act of being the good respectful girl at home Mm -hmm. and um i did see somebody wondering whether she could have possibly gotten pregnant while they were rehearsing the play um but i've i read a few a couple of pretty good uh repudiations of that uh based on jane austen's view of marriage but also um i personally find the time frame extremely questionable because her and henry running off together she'd be like eight months pregnant and so some of them mentioned the fact that she's pregnant i believe by that point um, you already said Mr. Rushworth is worth 12000 Right. You know, that's part of why she wants to marry him. So, anyway, I started to do her. There's actually, I thought there would be a lot more because Mary Crawford had so much. I thought Mariah's a pretty interesting character, too. I thought she'd have a lot. But there just wasn't as much, and I kind of <laughs> started to get bored with her. So, I found something <laughs> ex- pretty interesting. Um, this is from an article from um, Jasna, Jane Austen Society of North America.org. Uh-huh. It's by Lori Kaplan, and it's called The Rushworths of Wimple Street. So um, probably what people thought of when they read this, because a real-life scandal happened at the time, a few years before she wrote the book. Okay. So I thought I'd talk about that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really interesting. Actually, the people who the scandal was based on are actually mentioned in the book. Um Mary Crawford writes a letter to Fanny about Mariah's new home in London. And she Uh says, I was in it two years ago when it was the Lady Lascelles and prefer it to almost any I know in London. And um, the Lascelles is the name of the family who the scandal was, um, well, part of the family. Uh Um, They actually, the Lascelles in real life, lived not on Wimple Street, but a few streets over on Portman Street, but it's in the same district. And apparently that's where a lot of um, families that were involved in the sugar industry and the slave trade lived uh-huh. on this in this neighborhood. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so the LaSalle's family, they were um, two brothers. They were connected. Um, sorry, I'm losing my place. Um, they were connected to plantations, slavery, and corruption. But they were also infamous for a huge sex scandal, which resulted in a trial and lots of lascivious illustrations. Ooh. Um, actually, most of the people who lived in that district, oh, I said that, were connected to the sugar industry and the slave trade. Um, the Sells brothers amassed a large fortune in sugar and slaves, owning 21 slave ships. Mm-hmm. 
And of course, we're definitely going to come back to slavery in Mansfield Park. Um, you know, even on this basic one, we still touched on it, but um, it's like a big scholarly discussion about Mansfield Park. But at the time, England was outlawing slavery uh-huh. um, and the LaSalle's were well known for their ties to it. The eldest brother um, married a woman with a daughter. So his stepdaughter is who the main player of the scandal is. Um, her name was Seymour Dorothy. That was a weird name. Seymour Dorothy. I, I was like, <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Seymour Dorothy. Um, later, she became Lady Worsley. Um, and she was involved in a scandal surrounding adultery elopement <gasps> that resulted in one of the 18th century's most sensational legal suits. Ugh. Details from the papers were shocking, going into graphic detail about her numerous and tumultuous love affairs. Wow. She married Sir Richard Worsley. Uh-huh. Who was the, um, mostly interested in her inheritance. He like came of to course. town saying, I'm going to marry a woman for her inheritance, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Which her inheritance was large, 50,000 pounds. Whoa. Yeah. She, um, soon after she got married, though, because he really wasn't interested in her. Of course. Um, started an affair with one of his um, friends and neighbors, um, Captain George Bissett. He was also an officer in the militia. So, okay, let's see. The most sordid details of the affair were regarding Sir Richard's knowledge of the affair Uh and his willingness to pimp out his wife. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um, Basically, what happened, like, it kind of started to turn, like, the public started to get to know what was going on um, when they were at a bathhouse and uh, Sir Richard, hold on. I keep losing my place. Um, yeah, they were at a bathhouse, and Sir Richard calls out his wife to come pose nude for Bissette. And huh. um, after that, Bissette and Lady Worsley eloped. Oh. They ran away together and eloped, just like Mariah and Henry. Um, except for they didn't elope, <laughs> but th- these two did. Um, <clears throat> that's when everything really came out. Um, Whoa. The couple was charged with criminal conversation. Oh, okay. This is not a title. Um, and the case went to court in Worsley versus Bissett, 1782. Huh. So the judge, the judge was um, a pro-abolitionist. So oh. he was already kind of against um, Worsley. Uh-huh. Um, so Sir Richard demanded financial reparations for the property, for damage to the property of his wife, to his property. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice. Hold on. It's okay. So, okay. Sir Richard demanded financial reparations for damage to his property, i.e. Mm-hmm. his wife. <laughs> okay. And after lots of scandalous details came out, um, the defense basically summarized the question as to whether Sir Richard had not been privy to the prostitution of his wife. So this all turned right around on Sir Richard. Jesus. And um, he was eventually re- awarded by the jury a total of one shilling in damages. <laughs> <laughs> and forever after, he was known as Sir Richard Worse Than Sly instead of Sir Richard Worsley. <laughs> <laughs> so this was like a huge scandal of the day. The papers had like naked, like I saw a picture from one of the papers and it was a drawing of Sir Richard holding Bissett on his shoulders and looking through a window in a bathhouse with his wife naked oh. displaying herself. And I was like, well, that is really um, scandalous. Yeah. And it, like, went on for, like, a year, I think. Like, just in the papers, you know. Wow. Um, so, as far as Mariah Bertram goes, uh-huh. for sorting her, 
I had so many thoughts. I will take you through my my brain process. Okay. <laughs> my thought process <laughs> as to how I came to where I came. At first, I thought Gemini, because <laughs> she's got like a double sided nature. You know. Right. She's out. Gemini's are adaptable. They're outgoing, social, deceptive, cunning, superficial, inconsistent. That all sounds very Mariah Bertram. Yeah. So honestly, I think maybe she's got a little bit of all of this in her chart. Um, I thought maybe Scorpio because Scorpios hide their intense feelings and they have a certain magnetism, which okay. obviously Mariah has. And right. she clearly has hidden intense feelings. But then I read Aries and I thought, I bet she's an Aries. <laughs> Aries are driven, ambitious, competitive, leaders, independent, headstrong, fearless, but they need attention. They're easily bored. They're quick to fall in love. And they're very direct. I like that the best. Yeah. It seems to fit. Yeah. So we got two fire sign on the deep dives for this one. <clears throat> Aries and, and so, I mean, again, I thought Slytherin or Gryffindor. I think she's more of a Slytherin. Yeah. She tends to be more selfish. Yeah. She seems to be like more like more ambitious. More calculated a little bit. Ambitious yeah. in the sense of like for herself and not really considering others. Yeah. Yeah. So she's a... Uh, Aries, Slytherin. We got her down. Yeah. What do you guys think? Do you think that's right? What What do you think is her astrology sign yes. or her Hogwarts house? Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Um, da, 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 I should just be silent during these parts. Okay. My recommendation for this week is going to be a video game. Um, I just bought uh, Pokemon Sword. Oh! And I am really enjoying it. Um, I've been a fan of the Pokemon games ever since they first started coming out when I was little. <laughs> like, Game Boy Color had Pokemon Blue, Red, and Yellow. <laughs> um, and it's just, like, it's super nostalgic um, because it's very, like, in the style of those games. Like, open world, um, you know running into wild Pokemon in the wild <laughs> and battling them and catching them and co- making your collection uh-huh. grow or whatever. But it's super cool because it's on the Switch. So it's like modernized graphics and yeah. it's an actual open world like RPG. I almost. actually want to play that one. I've never played any Pokemon, but um, yeah, that one looks cool. So it's between really you and my nephew, who is also getting that for Christmas, <laughs> I'm going to have to play one of you guys so I can see how i like it you should it's really fun um there are a lot of pokemon that i don't know because it's the newest generation and i i lose track of all of them (laughs) (laughs) there's so many but there are a lot of classic pokemon on there and it's just so much fun i'm having a lot of fun playing it super nostalgic i have to give that one a try um i guess for this week i'm going to recommend a youtube series called from the mind of christine mcconnell okay she had a netflix series with some Muppets or puppets. I don't know if they were Muppets or not. Um, Muppet and adjacent. I can't remember what that one was called. It's kind of a similar title, but um, I guess the Netflix project fell through, but she's doing her own YouTube version. Right. And I just find her to be so inspirational. Uh-huh. I mean, I like her kind of dark aesthetic too, like her pretty dark aesthetic. But uh-huh. um, I, uh, I just, I, I just, I don't know. She just, you know, she does all this stuff herself. She makes all these cool projects, and it all feels like, yeah, if I really wanted to, I could do that too. Oh, and yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend it. I uh, have started 
supporting her on Patreon, so I get like now this <laughs> the extra video every month. But she's doing a video every month. She made um a cool um what do you call it uh, uh apron <laughs> <laughs> apron. I think she made like a witch's broom. Ooh. Um, she redid a whole couch. Um, she made a giant. Uh, I want to say graham cracker, but it's gingerbread uh, version of the Winchester Mystery House as like a commission. So, um, yeah, give that one a check. Yeah, that sounds so interesting. I heard really good things about the Netflix series. So. I love that one. I was I watched it like five times and thought this is the kind of show that I need like a hundred episodes of so I could just continuously be watching it in the background. Right. Because it's just, uh, I don't know, it's so funny. It's to fun. Me. <laughs> I'm going to watch that because I've heard really good things about it. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it. This is kind of a little bit of a shorter episode because, yep. um, the second half of Mansfield Park starts to slow down a little yeah. <laughs> from the first half, which is crazy. Um, and next week, come back, we're going to be doing Persuasion Yay! and the same that's kind excited. of series of Jane Austen 2007 as well. And that okay. one's starring Sally Hawkins. And, um, yeah, I haven't watched that one in a while, so hopefully it won't be kind of like Mansfield Park in which I'm like this isn't as good as I remember <laughs> I hope not I think I remember it being um especially melodramatic <laughs> so we'll see <laughs> but come back and join us next week where we'll just start dis- our discussion of persuasion yay I'm so excited all right good night bye Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today is our part two recap of Mansfield Park. (laughs) I wonder if they'll be able to tell we recorded three podcasts in one day. (laughs) Sorry, my brain just immediately turned to liquid. At that point, I was like, what was I supposed to say? Uh, yes, the second part of our recap of Mansfield Park. Um, uh, I, well, <laughs> can we just start all the way from yes. the beginning? Okay. I Take two. Save it for the blooper reel. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>